0: Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 33 of Jurassic Park. Brady, how are you doing this morning? Doing
1: good. we got some cool stuff going on in uh, in this minute.
0: So. Yeah, I've kind of been waiting to get to this minute too because it has something that I really wanted to ask you about, but we're kind of ha- going to kind of have to recap the minute at first to kind of talk about what it is that really has always bothered me with this minute, and I'm wondering if you picked up on the same thing. All so, right.
1: Well, let's do it. Let's
0: do it. Here's a breakdown of Minute number 33. In the previous minute, we saw the feeding of a cow to the Velociraptors. As the minute ended, the group stood at the side of the paddock watching the chaos ensue. At minute number 33, we see Malcolm and Ellie watching with horror at the covered feeding frenzy going on below them. At 3305, we cut to a shot of the group looking into the paddock. Hammond looks at Grant as if to gauge his response. At 3312, we hear a voice say, They should all be destroyed. Robert Muldoon walks up the staircase. Hammond introduces Muldoon as his game warden from Kenya. Hammond calls Muldoon an alarmist, but says that he knows more about raptors than anyone. Grant introduces himself and asks Muldoon about the raptors' growth rate. Muldoon tells Grant that they are lethal at eight months. Muldoon states that he has hunted most things that can hunt you back, and that the raptors can move at cheetah speeds in the open, and that they are astonishing jumpers. Grant motions for Ellie to come join him. Hammond tells him that they are taking extreme precautions, then turns to talk to Ellie and Gennaro about their sea bass dinner. At 3340, Grant asks Muldoon about the raptor's intelligence. Muldoon tells him that they are extremely smart and have even shown to have problem-solving characteristics. Muldoon says that the big one is the smartest. He goes on to say that there are originally eight raptors until she came in and killed all but two of the other raptors. Muldoon says that when she looks at you, you can tell she's working things out. And thus ends Minute 33 of Jurassic Park. So... About halfway through this minute, there is a shot where Muldoon and Grant are talking to each other, and it's kind of shot from the side, and John Hammond turns around to talk to Gennaro and Ellie about the Seabass dinner or something like that, and I think it might even carry on over into the next minute, but it seems to me like almost like a B-roll or a coverage shot that they didn't reposition the cameras for. Grant And are at the far side of the screen, which would be the furthest from the audience, they're talking. You can hear their dialogue over everything else. Now, usually when you have a couple of characters talking, you want them to be centered on the screen or a little bit closer to the audience. You don't want anything between you and the character. Unless like, maybe it's like a Jason Bourne spy movie and the characters are supposed to be at a distance and you're supposed to hear what they're saying. Or some sort of weird thing that Steven Soderbergh might do in one of his movies. But this one, it seems like they may be shot a couple of angles and all the film got destroyed. And instead of going back to get pickup shots, they just stuck with what they
1: had. And in, in any other case, I would say that's probably the case, but not in the case of Steven Spielberg. Uh, if you look at all, like his, basically his entire body of work, you're going to see some kind of wide shot with multiple conversations going on at either end. One, one thing that immediately comes to mind is in the beginning of Jaws Where Chief Brody's on the phone in his kitchen, and on the other side, far on the other side, is um, a conversation going on between the mother and son about how he cut his hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Numerous other examples that, of course, aren't coming to mind right now. Uh, In all of my preparation for Goonie's Minute, that's coming up on the 12th. I have noticed that there's a lot of that stuff going on in that movie. Now, granted, I know that's a Richard Donner film, but Spielberg, it's got his stamp all over it. Yeah, it does. And there's so many cases of, uh, that same thing going on in that. So I think it's intentional for sure. And, um, you know, obviously played for laughs, uh, whenever they, you know, he's, he's talking about the, you know, lunch they're going to have or whatever. And then, uh, there's the raptor scream and yeah. they turn back around. But um, no, I definitely think that's intentional.
0: He does. It, one of the reasons that I think it's that, that, I had that feeling about it, I guess, is that because John Hammond, uh, or Richard Attenborough does something where there's a noise that happens. Like you said, the screech, and before that, he's kind of moving his hand around. And it seems like a lot of very improv acting, like an extra would do or something like that. Like, yeah. he's, he's just kind of talking, you know, and then but well, you're supposed to be paying attention to the guys who are kind of covered up by a lot of this action.
1: Yeah. And who knows, man? It may have been improv. Yeah. Spielberg might have just said, OK, here, you do it. You're mm-hmm. the professional actor. Cover this dialogue, whatever. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Who knows? I think it's a funny moment, though.
0: And Malcolm's not really doing a whole lot of anything. He's but he's still uh, he's still doing that thing where he's kind of brooding.
1: Yeah, I mean, you really see that he's, uh, you know, continuing to show his just dubiousness over the whole thing.
0: Yeah, he's very troubled by what's going on. And, you know, that kind of carries over into what's going to be coming up on Monday where the minute or you know, maybe it's Tuesday with the long dinner table conversation where he talks about, you know, uh, the that dinosaurs had their chance and they were killed out all of that. The conversation he's having there about the rape of the natural world this is all leading up to that so yeah. the whole thing with him at the very the very opening of this minute is him through the foliage looking at all the killing going on down below and you can tell he's deeply troubled by everything that's happened here
1: so yeah no absolutely um and in the next minute there's something interesting that goes on with malcolm's mm-hmm. broodingness right here uh that i, I think is kind of interesting but we'll get there in minute 34
0: is this the only scene where grant and Muldoon are together um I think so. I think it is. Yeah, And
1: dude, that would have been so cool to see these guys just kind of going at it, talking, uh, you know, worshiping Raptors, basically. It
0: seems like there's a level of mutual respect when they come out. Grant wants to know like, okay, you're the guy who's been with the Raptors. The Raptors are the thing that clearly I have the most theories about. Tell me all about them. And, you know, Muldoon seems to be very open to sharing the information with yeah. him, you know? Uh, so it would be kind of cool to see the two of them together, you know, hunting dinosaurs, or, you know, uh, maybe using Grant's intellect about what he thinks uh, Raptor would do and Muldoon's kind of, like, street knowledge on it, you I know?
1: think, yeah, exactly. It's a good way to put it. Um, I think a lot of those conversations would basically be just uh, talking about how Raptors do not need to be at the park, because both of these guys, we've seen... Um you know, Muldoon say in this very minute they should all be destroyed. Yeah, and then of course Grant in one of the previous minutes, uh, you know, you bred Raptors and yeah. showing that these things just don't need; they have no place here. Right. It, it seems like Muldoon is the only guy in this movie with any sense. Yeah. You know, he knows yeah, I think the so. shit's gonna hit the fan because he's seen it and he just already knows it. Um, and I, I don't know, man. It's I got some thoughts on Muldoon and his death, which I know we're gonna get to later on in the movie.
0: Yeah. But but you're right he is the most pragmatic and practical character because of what we saw at the very first minute of this movie where he, you know first couple of minutes where he had to deal with the death of the gatekeeper personally he knows firsthand that these things can you know jump 15 feet in the air and that they're cheetah speed which by the way for a bipedal animal like cheetah speed is incredible could you imagine what that would look like
1: Oh my God! Yeah, and
0: I imagine it probably be like kind of an ostrich, like running at high speed. You know, that's the only thing I could think of. The ostrich, two legs, and they can actually move really fast. Yeah. You know,
1: and again, tomorrow uh, I've got all kinds of information on that. Yeah, um, yeah. And The speed of these animals. Uh, so, you know, it's I, I really like poetic justice in movies and everything. And you know, Muldoon is fascinated uh, his expertise and understanding of the big one, as he as he calls the raptor, who's been basically. Um, killing off the other ones and having the rest of them t- systematically test the weaknesses of the fences and remembering what to screw with and what not to screw with. Right. Um, and even though it's it's very fitting that he's killed off by the big one, that's the one he's aiming for at the end, and she has ordered his death by telling the other raptor to come out from the side. So, you know, his you know his statement, clever girl, is being said towards the raptor in front of him that he was aiming for. That's the big one. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh and I've always felt that his death in this movie was... He was kind of wasted in this movie. Uh, and it's got to be there to show... Like I'm saying, it's that poetic justice. This guy who has all this understanding of raptors, wants them all dead, blah, 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 ends up getting killed by the one that he's such an expert on. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got to happen. But man, what a cool character that we're is, is really built up. We're meant to like him and all this. And, uh, and then he's just killed like that. Well, so.
0: he's the guy with the big gun, right? And the thing in these movies is that... Uh, the- it's more fulfilling to see a character who uses their smarts, you know, to to get through a problem, yeah. their problem-solving skills, than it is the person with most guns. And,
1: and okay, there. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, even the guy who has, I guess aside from Grant, the most understanding of these things still couldn't outsmart them, Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Think about, like, uh, Schwarzenegger's Commando. Like, that's the only time where you Hmm. just see somebody with all the guns coming through and just destroying everything in front of him. And it's kind of cool for, like, a power fantasy type thing, but I wouldn't put Commando, uh, the character of John Matrix, on the same level of uh, fulfillment as something like a character like Indiana Jones who, you know, Indiana Jones punches a lot, but he also uses his brains, his wits to get out of situations, you know? Maybe that's not the best example because Indiana ah. Jones does just kind of like the first thing he does is punch. Yeah, the first see. thing he does is punch somebody. The first thing Han Solo does is shoot. Han doesn't think about anything. Han just shoots. All right.
1: Perfect example MacGyver.
0: Ma- exactly. MacGyver. Go. Yeah. Uses his wits to get out of situations. So, Doctor um, Who. Characters like that. There yeah. you go. Uh,
1: Hammond's look at Grant is a really cool moment. Yeah. That, like, I, I've got him. I've got him right where I want him. You know? Well, did,
0: is it, was that your reading on it? Because my reading of it was kind of he was testing to see what Grant thought because Grant really has this kind of like look of, sh- of horror on his face as they're seeing, you know, the, the cow get torn apart. So I, I kind of took it as him kind of like, you know, was it a mistake for me to bring this guy here? Is he buying into what I'm saying? Maybe I should stuff this guy's stomach full of delicious sea bass before he's able to make a judgment you, on what's going on Do you here.
1: think he'd be having that thought with a smile? On his face?
0: I guess I'm not. I must have been looking at the eyes. I didn't see him smiling. But, uh, yeah, he's
1: kind of got this little smile, smile that he's like trying to hide. Okay, okay. Um, but it's a cool moment. Uh, and, you know, the expression on Grant's face is kind of similar to his uh, reaction that he had to the Brachiosaurus earlier when he said, you know, they're moving in herds, they do move in herds. And now mm-hmm. he's seeing these raptors behaving the way that he has and always he imagined it, yeah. they would. Yeah. <laughs>
0: In one situation, it was kind of delight to know, like, oh, I was right about this one, but this one's kind of the horror of, like, oh, I know how these things will probably get out and start yeah. hunting people at some point. Yeah.
1: Seriously. Yeah. Um, so I want to get in... We're going to go real deep into the uh, the Muldoon thing here. Yeah, do
0: it, because I know you have ta- taken a lot of notes here on Muldoon. Let, yeah. let, let me know what uh, your thoughts are.
1: And, of course, there's going to be so much more throughout the movie, because this is a fascinating character. But, um, you know, with uh, with um, Star Wars Minute, I, I know that those guys, they kind of... They try and avoid going into... Um, some of the merchandising that went along with the movies. uh, And, you know, a big part of that was the toys, the toy line that came with Star Wars, which is just a a, a world unto itself. Right. Um, I mean, it really is. In fact, there's a really cool documentary called Plastic Galaxy that's all about collectors of Star Wars action figures and memorabilia. But um, I can remember when the Jurassic Park figures came out. It was, I think, a little bit before the movie, and just getting all of them and saying, you know, this is going to be so awesome. Look at all these cool figures. This this movie is just going to be incredible if they're all in it. And the um, Muldoon action figure looked nothing like he did in the movie. Yeah. Remember that?
0: Yeah, I do remember that. And,
1: yeah. And then there was a second wave of figures that came out, and his likeness was like, you know, top notch. I mean, it looked just like Bob Peck, the actor. Yeah. So Didn't um,
0: they repurpose a bunch of uh, toys from the Aliens line? I think they did.
1: We're gonna go on a tangent here. Uh, the okay, aliens toys that came out.
0: Yeah, was the Kenner like line.
1: Several years after the movie, what was that about?
0: Okay, so there was actually a cartoon called Operation Aliens that was made. Uh, that was at least some segments of it were produced. No one's ever, I think, found like a full actual clip of it. But there, you can find like screenshots online of the cartoon that was made. And then somebody in the middle of all this said, like, you know what? Maybe taking a rated R movie and focusing it yeah. as like a Saturday morning cartoons for kids, a cartoon for kids is probably not the best idea. Yeah. So that got canceled. But you can still find. There was a... Um, you know how when you had action figures, you had the character, the carrying cases? Like, I still mm-hmm. have my Darth Vader and C- yeah. th- I think you had C-3PO. They had one for aliens that had Operation Aliens printed on the front of it, and that was kind of a clue into people like, oh, well, there's something else going on here. So there's an cool. aliens cartoon that was coming down the line at That's some point. So awesome. Yeah, it was a very strange line, but you know, it was produced by Kenner, and Kenner also made the Jurassic Park uh, action yeah. figures.
1: You know, there's um, a podcast I'm a big fan of. It's the Jurassic Park podcast. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. And uh, they've talked about... Every now and then, they'll just cover like memorabilia from the movies, or just yeah. different types of uh, things like that. The Jurassic World toy line apparently just had the worst looking dinosaurs. None of the like action figures, the yeah. people from the movie. Like this is one of the biggest movies of all time. How the hell could you not cash in on that anymore? Are well, kids just not playing with toys? they really
0: or- aren't. And toys that are marketed towards kids are not like when we were kids. Like we had GI Joes with guns and stuff like that, right? Like in a post Columbine world, you kind of want to. Uh, have a softer toy come yeah. out for kids, so kids are into like the uh, art, overly artistic uh, animated versions of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys and stuff okay. like that. You know, like yeah, yeah, there's Star Wars toys and stuff, but. Uh, realistic to the movie is not for that market anymore for actual kids who are playing with toys. Mm-hmm. That's for the dudes like me that don't have kids and go into Toys R Us. Yeah. So We want to buy the photorealistic NECA versions of toys, right. you know, or the uh, Marvel uh, Legends line or something like that. But uh, I could talk about this stuff all day, but hey. I know you, at some point you want to get back to the movie that's right. stuff. So. Uh, that's
1: all I've got for this minute. So.
0: All right. Well, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's Great. go. Great. All right, folks. Well, join us back tomorrow for Friday, minute number 34. That's going to be here sooner than you know. It's just one sleep away. Folks, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And until next time, hold on to your butt
1: jurassic park minute is a fan supported podcast if you like the podcast then leave us a review on itunes you can contact us at jurassic park minute at gmail.com and visit us online at jurassic park minute.com facebook.com slash jurassic park minute and twitter.com slash jurassic minute You've been listening to a Pele Media podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash pelemedia. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash pelemedia and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash pelemedia.